0: This is the Alex podcast with your hosts, Hebrew Usher and Deacon Manitozic. Welcome, have your pen and paper ready. Shalom, shalom to all brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode. I believe this is episode six of the Alex podcast. Uh, this is Decon Asha with Decon Matazak on the line again for our weekly discussions on various topics which pertain to our faith and also pertain to our spiritual work, how we conduct ourselves and live a holy and, uh, and an acceptable, lawful life before the Most High, trusting that once more the Most High will guide us in this episode and lead us uh, while we continue with our topic. Before I go any further, Deacon uh, Master I'd like to give my salutations and greetings to you. Shalom, shalom, Deacon.
1: Shalom, Deacon Asha, and all praises to the Mosai, shalom to the brothers and sisters out there.
0: Okay, so I, I believe we're supposed to continue today. The last time we spoke about, well, let me say the last time is also relative, but the, the first few episodes we spoke about holiness and what we had decided um after speaking about those topics is maybe what we're gonna do is focus on specific areas in terms of our topics that pertain to our life and we had started with that in the last episode which was talking about covetousness and i truly would like to continue from there because there is something i think we still uh, or there are areas rather that i think we need to still touch on and maybe just uh, cement and conclude if i do give a summary i'll try to give it in 15 seconds is that we spoke Mostly just explaining what covetousness is and why we 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 shouldn't be covetous, and we looked at the book of Joshua chapter five and Joshua chapter seven. Although we started in Joshua chapter seven, looking at the account of Achan, and I think what I will do, as I always do, is implore all brothers and sisters to go back and listen to that podcast so that they are familiar with what we discussed and that they can also then follow on with this one. However, as we do always uh, try and strive to do, is ensure that. Whichever episode you start with, you can follow on with the message, and uh, it's something that you can relate to. And where I would like to start maybe today is one of the passages that we read, uh, Deacon, in the book of First Timothy chapter 6. I think this was also one of our closing passages. Uh, we, we, we're still talking about covetousness, and I think that's where we're going to continue, talking about covetousness as a commandment, uh, which says, Thou shalt not covet, which we read in the book of Romans chapter uh, chapter 13. However, today, without going to Romans chapter 13 just yet, if we can read the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 once more, can I ask you, Jacob to read verse number 9 and verse number 10? From there, we will jump and read verse number, let me see, uh, 17, 18, 19, and 20.
1: Verse number 9 to 10, 1 Timothy 6, But they which which will be rich fall into temptation and snare, and into many foolish and hateful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse 10 For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have aired from their faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Verse 17 to verse 20. Touch them that are rich in this world, that they be not high minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living Allahim, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Verse 18, that they do good, that they be reaching good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Verse 19, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Verse 20, O oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoid profane and vain babblings, and oppositions of science, falsely so-called. All
0: right, although I don't think uh, will necessarily cover all of these passages um, in depth, but what we have spoken about, Deacon, you also did, uh, did explain uh, in depth. I think the last time we, we raised it in episode three, we, we, we raised this issue of covetousness. And that was the first time we, we we basically raised this issue in our podcast. And we're talking about it and looking at those elements there and talking about the world system and separating and we explained why it is important to separate your world, you, yourself from the world system and become holy. When we're, we're speaking about covetousness, there's a, there's a snare. That's what we get from verse number nine and ten. There's a snare that people fall into, which is in verse ten. It says the love of man is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, they've erred from the faith. So there's an erring that people do where they err when it comes to the most high. And I think that's what really where the message is here. Although the con the context mostly people understand it as covetousness when it relates to money, but what we did highlight is that it's not only about money. Yes, first, the book of First Timothy chapter six does refer to uh, on the refer to covetousness on the monetary side, but when we, we looked at covetousness, we understand that you shall not desire your neighbor's wife, which is also covetousness. That's something that the scriptures and the Most High warns against. However, we do see the trap, and I think um i assume but i think it's a it's a very good presumption to make that many brothers all over the world when it comes to women it's a temptation that that exists and coupled with money coupled with entertainment so it's the world that is opened up to them or the world system and this world system is founded upon almost similar i would say uh almost similar elements across across any any area of um of the planet where you would be where all of our brothers are even the heathen to mention that you know they they are in this trap and why we need to speak about this is because it's advertised it's before It's something that we see on a daily basis but really i think the message is that covetousness what it does it draws you and it makes you air just starting in your heart you pollute your heart because of covetousness, and you start to look on those things of the world and you, you start to err before the most high. That is the, the, the one specific uh, matter or one specific area there that I do also like to point out is the fact that others, they have coveted, it's not necessarily that they have received. All right? So others, they've coveted, but they've not received, and those have erred. However, Deacon, I think offline you did raise a point, although. Uh, as we agreed the and Sa is that it's not something we'll we're gonna look at maybe specifically for this episode is other uh, other areas which people can ask and um I think there's many verses that people can uh can quote or many passages in scripture that people can quote related to our forefathers and other patriarchs who were wealthy and who were blessed by the most high and one can say, "How does that relate to this however, I would like to make a distinction between one who does have riches, and one who has coveted and loves. Because I think loving is a great and important aspect of why people they end up erring in the faith. Because it's the heart. Uh, you, People are, are overcharged in their hearts. It's not that you some others will not possess or will not have possessions in this world, but others will have possessions for various reasons, whether it's inheritance, whether it's because of work, whatever the case may be. But people being overcharged I think that is a key component and I just want to focus on that the overcharged year today only and hopefully with the with the help of the Most High we can look at other guidances so covetousness we did define it has to do with lust it has to do with um, with a desire that comes from the heart and it is regulated by the law of the Most High there are things we are we can desire there are things we cannot desire when it comes to food we are allowed to desire but then there are things we are not allowed to desire. It is unscriptural to desire uh, unclean foods. We know we speak about many things, whether it's pork, camel, can be rabbit, um, it can be other worms, which people do eat as as, um, they they would call call as a uh, a traditional food, uh, which is also unscriptural. There are things that live in the water, lobsters, prawns, crabs, all of that. They're regulated by Scripture, and the Scripture says when it comes to those you shall not desire them. So that's what we're talking about, a desire. When you start talking about covetousness, we're talking about a desire which then is outside the bounds of the law. You Now you transgress the law of the most High because you desire something that the law teaches you not uh, to desire. However, whether it's food, whether it's clothing, whether it's money, the issue of desire is something that we need to address through the Scripture, and we need to understand that the law teaches us for our sake and for our spirit's sake, not to desire something against the Most High. As we had uh, read in the, in the book of Joshua, chapter 7, and uh, I think you added a part in chapter 5, to say what happened to Achan in his heart, he desired the Babylonish government, and we spoke about that, his heart was overcharged. I would like to make another example today, and maybe today I would like to point out just a few things as we did the last time, and I would also like to hear what you're your inputs are deconvented on the issues that we're going to address. But today, I think maybe in the book of Numbers chapter 11, there is also a passage there. This passage is also uh, spoken about or summarized in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, it, it is a bit of a long passage. I did encourage brothers and sisters in episode 5 to read the book of Joshua. And I think I will do the same today is to read the book, the book of Numbers so that people do get a proper context in terms of what is happening here. But here we're going to see a desire that people are going to have, or a lust that people are going to have, which brings wrath from the Most High, because then the Most High, what he says, is people who don't trust in him. 1 Timothy chapter 6, we just read now, where we were. It's about trusting in the living power, the Most High. And because of lust, people do end up not trusting in the Most High. Maybe, uh, Deacon, before we read Numbers, I do want to just read one verse in the book of Colossians uh, Colossians 3, verse number 5. I can read it quickly from my side. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Firstly, fornication, then uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So this is something that happens in the heart. Now we start to see something that comes up. It's a god, mammon. It's a love of the world. Uh, now something else, if you see there's an idol in someone's heart when they start to trust in something else and rely on something else, and they trust in that more than the Most High. First Timothy 6, now that they don't trust in these riches, but rather in the Most High. That's important. Charge them to the rich in this world. There's a need. You regulate even the things that you possess so that your heart does not become overcharged. You don't start to rely on your own mind. You don't start to let your heart deceive you. You don't start to look at the things of the world and then they look pleasing to you. Right, so key. I think that's uh, just the key uh, before we go to the book of Numbers uh, chapter 11, but I think we understand uh, the book of Exodus mostly and I trust that we understand the book of Exodus and what uh, the context under which our fathers were, were taken out of the land of Egypt and they were, la- they were led through the wilderness. And through there, there were many things that they did which were unpleasant to the Most High. And in the book of Numbers chapter 11, it's one of those things that we see here. We see a murmuring from the people. Now, maybe, Deacon, I'm just going to ask you to read for uh, to read for us here, just uh, for for clarity' sake, in uh, verse number Numbers chapter 11, from verse number four until verse number eight. And numbers 11, verse number four to eight
1: reads as follows, and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lasting, and the children of Israel also wept again, and said, who shall give us flesh to eat? Verse 5, we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers, the melons, and the leeks, and the onions, and the garlic Verse 6, but now our soul is dried away, there is nothing at all beside this man before our eyes. Verse seven, and the mine was as coriander seed, and the colour thereof as the colour of uh, delium. Verse eight, and the people went about and gathered it, and ground it in mills, or beat it in a mortar, and baked it in pans, and made cakes of it, and the taste of it was as the taste of flesh of fresh oil.
0: All right, maybe if we can continue, Jukon, can I ask you to go to verse number, uh just reading verse number 10 and uh, verse number 11 just for now, and then we can we can discuss this.
1: Okay, verse number 11, And Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord Ahiah was kindled uh, greatly, and Moses Shemaiah also was displeased. Verse 11, and Moses Shemaiah said unto Ahiah, the Most High, wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant, and wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou doest that thou layest the burden of all these people upon me? now the
0: key thing here we, we're seeing people who had just come out from Egypt. Yes, we need to understand this is not so many years after they, they had left, and they had seen the wonders they had seen the miracles they had witnessed many things that were spoken of by Moses, they had the law, they seen the thunderings, they they saw so many things. The cloud, the the cloud before them, the fire, everything was was witnessed before them. However, not so long after that, the hearts of these people, because of food. Then they start to turn away this is a last it's a last that comes up in their heart and what they do is they start to draw back to the world they came from It's important uh, Deacon, for, for for the listeners to remember what you shared when we were reading John chapter 17 verse number 17 explaining and distinguishing uh, the world system and I think you went into into great length there to just explain to the people that the sanctification and the life of holiness, Separates us from the world system, but then now look what ha- look, look what has happened. Now we, we see them here. They taken out. They were murmuring. They were groaning in in the land of Egypt because of the their taskmasters. The Most High takes them out of that land. And yet, what happens? They remember elements of the world that they come out from. And now they start to last after the the very same place which the Most High showed them mercy and took them out of. And they start to desire again the elements of those things. It's not as though the Most High doesn't have power. And I think that's what we need to understand here, because they've seen the power of the Most High. They've seen his strength, right? Yet, knowing his power and his strength doesn't change their minds. Now, this is the error that I'm referring to in people's hearts. These are the things they need to modify in their hearts. Why it's important to look at the scripture and why it's important to subject yourself to the law of the Most High so that you are ruled by the law. That you don't use your own views to now look at the law and see what the Most High has done and then consider and say, well, what about the following things that I could also hear from the world system? You start to mix. I think you'll also remember that that was one of the questions that uh, I, I had posed uh regarding some of the teachings that are out there which is which say some can separate and some uh you know they, they they're striving i think rather that was the context that people are striving for righteousness they're not yet righteous or they're not yet holy they are striving for holiness and i think that is in episode three you also clarify that and we went also to some degree just to clarify that you cannot be both you're either one or the other And that's quite key to understand that you are either one or the other. So that's what we see here, people who are mixing themselves.
1: Yes, um, as you're reading this passage, I think it adds more evidence on the statements that you made earlier on in terms of the uh, covetousness, covetousness, not being limited to money. Someone maybe might ask a question to say, but you are reading first Timothy, you are talking about money. Now, how does numbers now get into the picture? Uh, how does it fit in? So basically, I think this is, this does add in terms of, um, lasting at anything that is not according to the law. That is actually covetousness. It's, it's part of lust. And according to the Mosai, it's part of adultery. It's part of saving other gods, as you read there in Colossians chapter three, verse number five. There are many kinds of lusts. So that we can look at uh, many kinds of covetousness that people um, uh, found themselves in. Like in this case, the door for covetousness was opened by uh, food, not because it was not there, there was food, but people just wanted more. There was no contentment in terms of what the Most I had given them. They wanted more, even going to a land because of their lust and covetousness, going to a land of challenging the Most High. Uh, as though they were getting a better deal while they were in Egypt. So it's part of tempting the Most High, uh, which is which has been uh, born by covetousness. So covetousness has other fruits that come from it. As, as the people react to their covetousness, they want to tempt the Most High, they want to challenge the Most High to say, "We dare you, the Most High, with eating better things than what you are providing here." this manner is not sufficient We want fishes We want this and that cucumbers all these things all the flesh that we ate in the land of egypt so but that was founded on last that's the thing that i wanted to to add this still fits in with first Timothy chapter chapter six as last we can look at it in a broad way not only in terms of money but also, in terms of lust, of other things that may kick a person from keeping the commandments of the Mosai or value, violating the commandments of the Mosai.
0: I think inputs are very much appreciated there, can I, I will continue just on, on the same passage. What I did want to do, uh, the intention with this passage is just to look at the various elements, as I said, and we, we see the uh, the wrath that comes from the Mosai. Uh, this is the wrath for people who have turned against him, and that's how he judges it. And I think we can see that the Most High does judge not only from this case. We can look at the case of Akan. Once the Most High consecrates us and he separates us, when we desire and when we choose to go back to the, to the world system, we actually bring about his wrath. And there's a judgment of that wrath. We did speak about it the last time, talking about the wages of sin. Being death. That is the book of Romans chapter six verse twenty three, and that account is also cemented here as well. And it's not only here, uh, uh, it's not only in this passage, but many other passages we can see that. However, I do want to uh, to quickly to quickly continue and see what is the response of the Most High to everything that has been um, that has been said here, uh, because of uh, the murmurings that comes out from the people. And um, we we see the response starting from verse number 16, and we won't read everything, but if we can go to verse number 18 until verse number 20.
1: Okay, verse number 16. And Lord Ahiah said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. Verse 17, and I will come down and talk with thee, and I will take off the spirit which is upon thee, and will put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear not thyself alone. Verse 18, and say unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh, for ye have wept in the ears of the Lord Ahiah, saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? for it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, Ahia, the Most High, will, will give you flesh, and ye shall eat.
0: Please continue until
1: verse 20. Okay, verse 19. Ye shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days. Verse 20. But even a whole month until it come out of your nostrils, and it be loathsome unto you because that ye have despised the Lord Ahia, which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt?
0: Everything that has happened here at what we, we do see is the covetousness of the people says to the Most High, their works, their deeds, they say to the Most High, You have despised me. When we say to despise, we can talk about, even according to Strong's, it's to to be in con to, to have condemnation or to to dis to have disdain or to loathe, to hate to reject, and I think that's what happens with the covenant of the most High or how he judges his covenant. He looks at the people who he has now taken out of Egypt and then he sees them. they walk according to the, they walk according to his laws after he gave them, and then not so long after their hearts turn back. They turned back from the covenant. He had promised them many things. Even when he was taking them out, there are many promises that he made unto them. As I said, they saw many miracles, yet their hearts turned away. It didn't stop their hearts from turning away. And that, to the most high, says to him that you hate him. Even though it would seem, I guess, if maybe it was not written in the, in the context that it was written, and uh, we didn't see the judgments that come after One would not have realized that these are not actually blessings. When he gives them, even so, he says he's gonna give them all this food. It is not actually a blessing. It is actually in wrath that he does what he does, and that's what we're gonna see. That the Most High gives them all of these things. If you read verse twenty, it says, "But even a whole month." So it's all gonna be for one day. It's not gonna be two or five, not ten, not twenty, but even a whole month until it come out of your nostrils. This is not a blessing. I know we do talk about when he, the Most High talks about the land of milk and honey and he promises them many things green pastures. This is not the case of green pastures here. This was given to them out of the anger and wrath of the Most High. So when we look, Jikon, um, out of all of these things, we start to see the judgment and we see that the Most High is angry. And this is where we're going to see he uses the name or we use the word. To last, their last has angered the Most High. Now, remember, we're using this as an example, but we're talking about many lasts, as, as we mentioned before, that people's lasts they anger the Most High. Even if you're reading here, look at this in, in the context of last. Don't look at it in the context of saying, "Well, I'm not in a position to complain about uh, about eating manna on a daily basis." But there are so many things that people last they 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 remember against the Most High for because of lust for many other things and they're different in people's lives the the, the things that we, we talk about here others it, it can be situations in terms of you do have what you have at home the little food that you have but the contentment as, uh, comment, as like you mentioned one doesn't have that con- contentment now having food and raiment let us be there with content and that, that contentment is not there that someone does not see that as a blessing they're not thankful in their heart. And then they dream up as they're sitting, they're dreaming up of something bigger. You know, the, the, small, the small things that someone doesn't identify and realize that, you know, if I have this it's sufficient, you may have one couch in your house, but you dream up of having more couches. It's not that it's not sufficient for you, but then you look at your house and you say, I could make it better, I could make it different. And you start to spend so much time in your mind and so much of your energy thinking not on things that bring glory or praise to the Most High. But rather you are expending your energy, thinking of how much more you can gather and ways to gather those things. And that's where now your mind can now wander and you think on things that are unrighteous. You don't spend time thinking on the things that are righteous. How to do good? There are works that you could do even just to help your brothers and your sisters in the faith. There's works that you could be doing helping your brothers and sisters. they could be brothers and sisters who are struggling spiritually that you could be supporting, but you expend your energy thinking on things of the world, how you're going to make your situation in the world better. There could be even other works that you should be learning for your benefit for this walk to strengthen yourself before the most high, to say, I need to learn about specific works that will help me so that I can do better before the most high and I can bring better praises before the most high. But you don't spend that time. You don't show the most high by spending time reading his word. There are people who don't have time to read the word of the most high, not that they don't have the time necessarily, but they don't give themselves that time to say, let me sit down and read the word of the most high. However, they can scroll through, they, they, they scroll through Pinterest. And they spend so much time through Pinterest looking at how to decorate this and how to decorate that, how to change this bedding and how to make that bedding look like this and how to make this like that, how to change whatever. There's so many things that people think up and so so much of it is advertised. Instagram, they see how someone else is doing this. So many people spend time. There's so much that the world gives to people on a platter that they forget the most high. They expend their time and energy not doing the will of the most high. And those things, they become... Planted in their hearts, and that's why now we're talking about uh, this portion here. But if you can imagine the whole camp of the of the Israelites, how such a message about covetousness could have spread? because some of these things then they also get they, they are, as as the scripture says in the book of First Corinthians, that it's evil communic- evil communications. So now evil communications, even to others, then they corrupt their manners. And they don't live a holy life. So what you do, you also teach to others. And that's how other Hebrews learn. Instead of teaching good works, you teach them how to even covet as well. However, let's just speak about any individual person, for them considering their covetousness. And then looking at the the, the end result of all of that work. Deacon, can we read same same chapter, uh, verse number 31? And we can conclude reading that portion in verse number 34.
1: Verse number 31 to 34. And there went forth a wind from the Lord a and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp as it were a day's journey on the side and as it were a day's journey on the other side. Round about the camp and it were two cubits high upon the face of the earth. Verse 32. And the people stood upon that day and all, and all that night and all the next day. And they gathered the quails. He that he that gathered least gathered ten homers. And they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. Verse thirty-three. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord Ahiah was kindled against the people, and the Lord Ahiah smote the people with a very great plague. Verse thirty-four. And he called the name of that place Kiproth Abhatavah because there they buried the people that lasted.
0: Now, maybe even just as a side note, is not everything that you gather a blessing. And that's what we see here, even with the quails, um, that they gathered the quails and the wrath of the Most High was upon them. However, what we, we see here is those that lasted, the Most High is killed. And that's exactly what verse number 34 has said. And that's why we talk about covetousness. Thou shalt not covet. Although we know when we're reading in Exodus chapter 20, it mentions what you shall not covet that belongs to your neighbor. But there are also things that you will covet. Besides those that you're not allowed to covet, and the law prohibits you from coveting according to the law which pertains to your neighbor. There are those things that you are prohibited to from coveting which are against the Most High. They show or they bring forth the wrath of the Most High, and this was covetousness that was born, or, or, or which uh, which led to the anger of the Most High, and now it has led to the wrath of or the death of many people here. So we see in verse thirty-two that there were those who got who got up, they stood up. Now it's not the whole camp, but there were many, as you can see here, that rose up and they gathered all those quails which the Most High had said that He was going to give them, and they were spreading the quails around about, and they were still eating the wrath of the Most High was upon them, because of that covetousness, to say, these are the men who have gone astray. Their hearts have departed from me. I took them out, yet they complain against the manna, which the most I see is being the bread which came down from heaven. They didn't understand that, and they coveted for other things, because if you go back up, it's many things that they, they started to complain about, many other foods that, be, that they had, while they were yet in um, they were yet in egypt and they had many they they talk about eating of cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic those are the things that they were complaining against because now the most is giving them and maybe even others who would know there was other foods that they had from the egyptians and they complained against them but now what we see is that last that's verse 34 last led to death the last of an egyptian lifestyle we saw the last of a babylonish lifestyle. The last we can talk about an Assyrian lifestyle. We can talk about the lives, the, the last that can come from all these nations of the heathen, whether it be Rome, whether, whatever nation you can think about. even the last today that we see from where, whichever nation, wherever brothers and sisters are, they are surrounded by lusts. They're surrounded by an, an advertisement of the world system. Even an advertisement of a system that they can say, we have, ex- we, we have escaped a, a system of corruption. And then they can see that system being advertised. And they say, well, in the faith, actually, living according to the law, there's so many things that we don't have. And yet we had them while we were in the world system, which then brings us back to the prayer. I took them out of the world, meaning don't last the things from where you were taken out. This is what Christ, Eshaya, was talking about that now he was given his disciples of the Father, and he kept them in, 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 his, in, in the Word of the Father, so that they don't draw back to the world, which is what we see here. People drawing back from where they're taken out, lasting things from where they're taken out. Jacob, is there a comment that you would like to add? I think maybe you might also have something to add on these two parts, and we can add different parallels, but explaining even in the context of the life that we're living now, to understand the death that comes from last and understanding why it's important not to last the things from where we come from
1: yes Tukon. Um as you're talking now there's a there's a precept which explains uh, this this what is happening here that i would like to read in john chapter 6 because this entire passage it, it shows the failure of the people to rely on the most high so let's read it there in john chapter 6 um I'll read from verse number verse number twenty six to verse number twenty-seven. And Yeshua answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the laws and were filled. Verse twenty seven Labour not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him had the Most High the Father sealed. When the people stopped relying on the Mosai and and rejected the man, it shows that they were rejecting the Most High and they were rejecting Christ, or they were rejecting the Spirit of Christ. You'll remember that the Spirit of Christ was there in the wilderness. So when they rejected the man and lasted for other foods, that also symbolizes that they lasted for the gods or the teachings. Because when you're talking about the bread, it's not the literal bread. Like Christ, yeah, he's making an example of he's the bread of life. He's saying he's the true bread of life. So labor for the meat, which endured unto everlasting life. He's talking about himself. He's not talking about a literal bread. So this is what it leads us to, that when the people rejected the manna and complained against the manna, it was a sign that they were complaining against the Mosai. That is just a symptom that appeared when they complained. But actually, they had rejected the Mosai. As this passage is is pointing out, that do not labor for the meat which perish. What is the meat which perish? Meaning the meat, if you eat it, you will perish. As they perished, the Mosai destroyed them. Why did he destroy them? Because they were dead already, spiritually. So do not labor for the meat, meaning the meat which perished is talking about other teachings. I think we don't have uh, much time. I was going to go through, there was a part uh, where Christ was saying to the, warning his disciples, beware of the living of the Pharisees. Uh, he was not there talking about a literal living, but he was talking about the teachings, with, with the teachings of hypocrisy. That um, other people are imitating the Pharisees on. Now he's warning his disciples to say, Do not follow the ways of the Pharisees, meaning do not labor for the meat which perisheth, which is, those are the doctrines, the strange doctrines of the Pharisees, the strange doctrines of which they themselves, the Pharisees, they have adopted from the Gentiles. It's not the original teachings of the Most High, but you must labor for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. So that meat there is Christ. Uh, let's just First Corinthians chapter 10. I think it, it gives a very great summary uh, in terms of what we're talking about here. Uh, from verse number one. Uh, yeah, from verse number one. So let's, verse number one says, Moreover, brothers, I would not have you that I should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And we all baptized unto Moses, Shemaiah, in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat. Verse 4. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock, and that, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Okay, this is explaining what was, what the, 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 the meals that the Moses was giving them in the wilderness like the manna, what did, it, what did it symbolize? And the water that came out of the rock, what did it symbolize? It symbolized Christ and they rejected Christ. So when they rejected um, the, the, the manna, it was a sign that they were rejecting the Mosai, they were rejecting rejecting Christ. Okay, when it continues further, they in verse number five. But with many of them, the Mosai was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Okay, these are now the results. Of rejecting the Mosai and rejecting Christ. Verse 6. Now, the, these things were our examples to the intent that we should not last after evil things as they lasted. Neither be idolaters, as some of them were, were, were idolaters. It is, it, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed fornication. And fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them tempted, and we destroyed of the serpents. Neither Mama ye, as some of them also Mamad, and we destroyed of the destroyer. Okay, verse number 11. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. They were written for our admonishing upon whom the ends of the world are come. Okay, we'll stop here. Okay, this shows that when they rejected the Mosai, they are the the fruits, these are the fruits of rejections. One, it's last, they lasted after evil. What does that teach us now? Why are we reading such, such passages? It, it's the same reason that Paul is saying, I would not have you ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud, they all lasted after they've given, they've been given the teachings of Christ, the same spiritual meat, the same spiritual drink. It did not keep them. But in fact, they lusted for other doctrines, for other gods. They became idolaters. They sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. They made a calf. So those were the results of the covetousness. It's a result of the lust that came from their hearts that made the Mosai angry against them to the point of destruction. We're talking now, even in the New Testament, that the Mosai is still going to judge people if they last after evil because the the, the the wages of sin is
0: death. Uh, Tikon, yeah, I think it's um those are those are good summaries. Um, I I do believe that I had actually uh mentioned the book of First Corinthians chapter ten, so I do appreciate that you read it, and uh, we did also ex- explain it. It because it's also it summarizes even more than just the part that we read now. It it summarizes many other areas of our fathers' our fathers' walk when they came out of Egypt. And the things that they did which were unpleasing to the Most High, and we, we just saw verse number five, it actually says that these things, they were written for our learning. That's, that's the important part. They were written for admonishing. It is now for us to learn from them and realize the error of our fathers, so that we don't go back. Now, we need to realize that covetousness is not something new. As the commandment and the law was given way back then, it's still applicable now because whenever there are people and there's, wherever there's the law of the Most High and there's the world system, there are those who will walk and abide by the law and others are tempted. That's why we read the, the book of 1 John 2, the last time, verse 15 to 17. Love not the world is an important aspect of understanding that we are against the world system. Look at your fathers. Realize what they did. Look at the examples, look at the small things, if we can call them small, or maybe look at the things which are not so obvious that they did, which one could do today and that person could excuse themselves. It's important to look at those things and realize that the most I can bring judgment because people continue to last and walk according to their own ways. I would, uh, as we did say in the interest of time, only quote one passage, Uh, in the interest of time, we do want to just keep it in, in the time limit the book that I would like to read is the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, uh, starting in verse number 3 and verse number 4. So just those two verses.
1: Okay, verse number 3 to 4. According as his divine power I had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that it called us to glory and virtue, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust.
0: Hopefully, Jiko and I, one day we can uh, just talk about this aspect of what has been promised us. I know we do talk about warnings, and it's very important to give warnings, but I think it's also equally important to teach about and to talk about the promises that uh, the master has given unto us you you need to understand why you have to flee and why you should flee from the world system as the most high separated us or separated our fathers from the egyptians there's a lifestyle that we're called unto a lifestyle of holiness and in that lifestyle it's not that you go in empty-handed and i think that's one of the things that brought wrath to the most high because his hand as he said there in the book of numbers 11 is not short it's not that the most High doesn't have ability however If you know the Most High's ability to give, as he gives here, we can see. He gives us life of godliness, of fearing him walking according to the law and separating from evil. And he gives us knowledge to understand what glory and what virtue is waiting for us if we follow after him and if we're victorious in the faith. and, And then we depart. After he's given us these precious promises, that's when the wrath comes. Because now the Most High becomes jealous. What we see here is that All of those things, what we learn, why we need to abide in the word, is it helps us that now we have escaped. As it reads here, he's speaking to people who have escaped the world and the corruption that is in the world. It says this worldly corruption or the corruption that is in the world, it comes through lust. And that's why we need to teach the lust. Because if you don't know how your lust needs to be controlled and what you're not permitted to lust, even your meditations will meditate upon things that are unlawful and you end up going astray and departing from the most high. Becoming, as we just as we looked at in, in episode five, becoming like Achan, and as we looked at today in this episode, becoming like the man who lasted after all those food, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the the and the garlic. And then there you bring upon wrath against yourself, and you go back to the corruption. Those are the two parts that really I, I wanted to just bring in, in terms of this context of covetousness, maybe in the next episode, they, you, you may also have other input you want to add. We can look at those, those elements of other questions that do come about, which people do raise and say, what about these types of or these specific scriptures that mention wealth and mention prosperity and mention our patriarchs and forefathers who were wealthy.
1: Uh, the Most i permitting will continue next time uh, on this topic of covetousness.
0: Uh, once again, it was lovely having you sharing these topics, and we trust that the Most High will give us another opportunity in the coming weeks to continue uh, with this episode. Jikon, from my side, I would like to sign out and uh, salutations to all brothers and to all sisters, and uh, salutations to you, Jikon, and giving honor and uh, reverencing the Most High who made this uh, opportunity happen. Uh, shalom, shalom. Shalom.